Welcome to New Game Netcast, the official podcast of NewGameNetwork.com. This is episode 14 for Sunday, October 14th, 2012. Today on the show, we've got Shagoon 2 Assembly Kit Resident Evil 6 release, Sony suing Kevin Butler, Monster Power tweet coming to Diablo 3, and Tomb Raider pre-order bonuses. Article recap includes FIFA 13, Connect National Geographic TV, and Chess Dance 4. News around the industry, we've got PlayStation Store redesign, Modern Warfare 2 map removed, new shooter uses no animations, Gaikai teasing AAA titles on cloud platform, Windows 8 Marketplace not carrying PG-18 games, and EA Founder saying consoles are niche. In our extras section, we've got racism at Pixai, a senator that plays World of Warcraft is seen as a disadvantage, and Valve's new IP. Plus, stay tuned for questions of the episode. Alright then, it's October 14th, and this is episode number two in the season two podcast. Today we have wait, Alex here. Oh, wait. <laughs> no, you're not. No, like, go with the actual number. Because I'm not. We're not actually labeling them differently. Okay, so it's, so it's, it's 14. I'll just say the podcast for October 14th. Well, no, episode 14. Episode 14. Yeah, let's, let's keep them all by number. Yeah. Okay then. Because then it looks more impressive. Okay, and this is episode 14 for the 14th of October. And on the New Game Netcast this week, we have Alex. Hello. And we have Nick. You know that thing where the host says a person's name and they're supposed to say hello, but instead they start rambling like non sequitur about something else? I mean, like you're doing right now. Yeah. I'm doing it. <laughs> yeah. I'm so, I'm so meta. <laughs> We've really gone into ourselves on this one today. Yeah, yeah, this is going to be a disaster. Yeah, and obviously I'm here then, Peter. But are so, you? I am. I, no, wait, yes. <laughs> there, is, there is not a mannequin here with Check a USB plugged into its forehead. All right then, um, okay, so what has everyone, everyone been up to this week? I've been playing, um, I've been playing a lot of Dishonored. All right. How is it? Uh, it's great. It's, uh, I mean, if you've been paying attention to the reviews that have come out, um, it's been getting 9 out of 10s across the board, and uh, I'd, say, I'd say it pretty much lives up to that, uh, at least from what I'm seeing. And what about the world? Does it look nice? I, you know, I'm playing on PS3. Um, the There's some screen tearing, which is, is oh. problematic, and it kind of detracts from things, and the textures aren't uh, super amazing, but... As far as like the actual art design, uh, the style and stuff, it's it's top notch. Uh, they got like a great kind of painted effect for everything. The textures are really beautiful. It's got okay. this great like uh, time splitters kind of style characters with the big hands. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's a good good throwback in that regard, but uh, uh, very well designed. Yeah, I, f- I forgot that it came out. I was uh, I'm, I was looking forward to Pokemon Black and White too, which I'm still gonna get because uh, you know, I've been barking up that tree for nigh on what. It's something stupid like 10 years, hasn't it, been out? All the Pokemon games? So that, that's on my list, but I will get Dishonored as well, I think. You should, yeah, definitely. I thought you were being sarcastic about Pokemon for a little bit there. Not gonna well, lie. I love love Pokemon. I really do. I don't know why, I think it just Still takes me You're being apart. sarcastic. No, 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 I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> it sounds it, but I'm, I'm really not. No, 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 I've had, I've had pretty much every single one. And I need something more to. Uh, it's just it's just great at killing time. And I was think I was thinking about getting a 3ds because, uh, but uh, I don't know. 
but it isn't out for that, so it'll just be fine on my little DS, I think. You know, it feels like it came out like we were old enough to have been past it, and it seemed like a kind of a kid's game, so I just kind of dismissed it offhand, and then uh, kind of get up to around, you know, I'm 27 now, and like a whole bunch of people play Pokemon, and I'm like, did I just miss this thing? Was Should I have been playing this game the whole time? It's just fun, I think. Um, yeah, I was I was a bit a bit wary when I saw it ages ago. I must have I was quite young, and then I just you just got addicted to it. I think it was the most time I spent with like a handheld console, and then uh, but now I still I still play it like I did back then. I'm not like too big on looking up stats and shinies and everything like that. I just like getting in there and uh, just having a fun time with it. I think, which uh, I think I, I think I need that right now. Just mindless collecting? Yeah, just that and just battling and stuff. But I love RPGs and stuff, so that's been my bread and butter for for as long as I've been a gamer, so... I can see that, I guess. Kind of scratching that old-school RPG itch. Yeah, because there isn't too many of them, uh, it feels like at the moment, for handhelds that, have, that are worth the money. But at least with, you know, with Pokemon, I know what I'm getting, which, is, which isn't always a bad thing. Yeah. No, I can understand that. So, what about you, Alex? What have you been up to? Stop clicking, Peter. Sorry, dude. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what it is? I don't know. It's like, do you know do you when people suck their thumb? Or have, like, or, have like, or have, like, a blanket or something. And, you know, you just you just do it. You're not thinking about it. Provide, give yourself a blanket, then. <laughs> yeah. It's because quiet. No, because the thing is, I have, I have, like, do you know, restless leg syndrome, where your leg's always going as well? Like, bouncing up and down? I like, 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 there's an invisible baby on there? <laughs> yeah. I have that as well. I don't know why. I think I'm just a fidgeter. It's, how much do you work out? Like, do you, do you exercise? Yeah, I do. I don't know. <laughs> exercise more. What, <laughs> till I have no legs? They have no energy for any extra movement. Maybe it's that. Uh, you get, that, that's what it is. I mean, like, I used to, I would have that when I would go to sleep, you know, and, you know, they go, oh, you can get, like, pills and stuff for restless leg syndrome. All it is is that you're going to bed with too much energy. Yeah. That's all it is. But, you know, in, interestingly on the health thing, I ate a lot of crop this week, and I... And I'm usually like pretty strict, but you know it takes so much of your energy away. It's mental. Do you know like I, I I felt like you know the guy in the South Park episode, of the World of Warcraft one, where he's kind of like laying by his computer and he's like kind of drooling on himself and stuff, and it's just yeah, no the big fat guy. Yeah, that's what I felt like, and I, I can't believe it. But the thing is, it was sugary stuff. But you know, it sends you high for like a little time, and then you come crashing down, and then you know yeah. you get the shakes and everything. Ugh. My diet is so bad that I, I have so much sugary stuff that when I don't have that, then I get in that as if, like, you know, the way that people get when they have, like, a big fast food meal and they start passing out. That's what I get when I don't have, like, 16 donuts. <laughs> Withdrawal. Specific... Yeah. yeah oh. Seriously. Oh, I'll get, like, headaches and stuff like that. It's it's really bad. Obviously, it's kind of donut intravenous or some kind of emergency number. I need, like, a patch. Yeah, like a nicotine patch for... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> a sugar bite. Can't can you like suck on a Twizzler or something? <laughs> or like you can like sniff like um, the sugar dust, wherever it is. Doing uh, lines of bathroom. Angel dust, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like that. That'll set you right off. So yeah. So everyone's been uh, full of a sugary and lazy week then, of playing things. And uh, should we ro- roll on to the top news? You could. Let's do it. Yeah. Okay, and for top news on the site, first of all, we have Total War Shogun 2, the assembly kit is launched. We've got Resident Evil 6 has been released. We've got Sony Sue's Kevin Butler. 
uh, Monster Power Tweak coming for Diablo 3, and we have the Tomb Raider pre-order bonuses have been announced. To first, then Total War Shogun 2. Tim would probably be the man to talk about it. I'll do an impression of Tim. Uh, <laughs> okay. I think it's a really good game. <laughs> That's a terrible impression of Tim. And it, it, the problem is my voice can't go down that many octaves. Yeah, you're not worthy. You're not manly enough to. I think I think if I drink a lot of Jack Daniels, smoke like <laughs> three cigarettes, and just like gargle grovel, then <laughs> then you'd be maybe close. Yeah, to, to the something. natural sounding Tim. Yeah, but I think it's good they've released the assembly kit. Anyway, I think uh, opening a game up for modding and uh, just general playing about and experimentation is always going to increase its longevity. Yeah, it seems like a uh, proper full-on uh, modding kit, so you can uh, create even props for the game. That's what I mean. It's pretty cool. I wanted to... Uh, it'd be good if people can put in different things from history, especially some of the characters as well, and maybe deck them out to look a bit more... Uh, Unique. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's nice to have. It's available for free now via Steam. Oh, that's good. But that's... you do have to own a copy of the game. The th- but the thing is, I've still got my copy still sealed. Uh, with It was like the one with the expansion pack and everything that, <gasps> that they gave me when I left. I've still not opened it. And I still, in Manchester, don't have a computer good enough to run it. So it's kind of just going to stay there pristine until the end of time. Until it fetches a million dollars on eBay. That's what I'm hoping for. I'm letting it. I've still got some Pokemon cards knocking about. I'm thinking that shiny Charizard is going to pay off all my student loans one day. So I'm hoping for. That's a good it, plan. Yeah, when it, and that you know, lovely Jigglypuff card. What else have I got? I think I've got a, a potion there as well and a fire card. They Very nice. Fetch, they will fetch quite a tidy sum in the day. All right then. Um, yeah, and with. Resident Evil 6, I wanted to move on to that because I've heard it sold a lot, but it's been getting mixed reviews. Did did we hear that it sold a lot? Because I only heard that it shipped a lot. Oh, right. That's shipped, uh, what, five, six million copies or something like that, they said? Yeah. Oh, I was under the impression that that's how many sold. That's how they get you. Yeah. 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 Oh, I, I mean, well, you have to think that they're not going to ship an extra, you know, three million copies. So it had to sell fairly well. Uh, but it's just, I mean, not knowing that exact amount. And has, any, has anybody heard the reviews for it? I know I was on Metacritic. It's, and, it's uh, very polarizing. Yeah, have you seen the fan reviews, though? Fans have given it, like, close to zero out of ten. It must be, like, one point something. Whereas wow, that's review- just rage. Yeah, I know, but it's, I just love the butthurtness, that you have to be so angry with the game that you, like, log on, write, a, like, a sprawling, vitriolic review, and then just think, yep, I've solved the world's ills. <laughs> Good night. Yeah, it's been extremely polarizing. Everything from eights and nines to fours and fives. I'm sure yeah. Famitsu gave it a positive review. Yeah, they gave it a, a 39 out of 40. <laughs> it was the first everything. one out, though. Yeah. Was it? They gave everything. Every kind of Japanese-based one a pretty good review, to be honest. Uh, yeah, I, I don't put a whole lot of stock into their reviews. I what do they have? Like I don't, their their group? They only have um, you know what twelve or so reviewers, isn't it? Like that, and then they have to go through each of them has to do like five reviews every two weeks, and uh, the amount of time that they have to put into this game, which I, I heard was pretty big, I can't think that they really you know beat the whole thing or or really played a whole lot of it. Uh, 
and you look at their review comments, they're very, very brief. You know, so yeah. it's, it's it, I don't know how much that one's worth. Yeah, I, I always check what they give the JRPGs that I buy because it's usually like close to eight to nine out of ten. Whereas like an other more kind of uh, American or European based will be a bit more, uh, I dare say, realistic with their. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, they uh, didn't they famously give like Final Fantasy thirteen like a perfect score? Yeah, what happened there? Hey, what happened? Oh. Uh, who it knows? Just, it just makes me so disappointed. But we're not here to judge other publications. Oh, I am. That's exactly why I'm here. <laughs> before I get up in there. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it, it, you've <laughs> that, got that in the crack. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's 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 what gets me up in the morning and doesn't let me sleep at night. Most of all. <laughs> The the ones that have really slammed it, I think, have um, have gone after it heavily for how much it, how uninspired they say it is. Yeah, that, uh, that's that's what I was worried about, to be honest. Yeah, I haven't played it myself, but the and you know, looking at it and playing the demos, you know, you can clearly see that it's kind of been it's taken a lot from Gears of War and Call oh. of Duty, and uh, you know, turning it into a bit of a cover-based shooter at times. Uh, you know, there are people that are gonna react unfavorably to that uh, even if they say that that like, it's okay because I've seen a lot of reviews say uh, like oh it would be okay if it was just an action game if it was a original action game mm. um, but I have to wonder if like subconsciously there's like a little bit of bitterness that this game is, is it's I don't know I, if there's a better way to put it than selling out um, I remember uh, a few a few months back uh, one of the the lead designers there, I can't remember which one it was at Capcom, uh, he stated like, um, we look at the you know, the West and we see how, how well Call of Duty does, and that's what we want to do. Uh, <laughs> just laying it all out on the line there. I, you know, it, like, it sounds mean to say sold out, but they were like, we want to sell more copies, we're going to sell more copies by giving the zombies guns. Oh. You know? Yeah, uh, what, I, I, like, what little I played, and what they were telling me was that they wanted to blend the old elements with the new, like Leon's story and everything was more how it had been in the past, like ominous and creepy, whereas the other ones, because they're big muscular marines, were like running about and shooting everything. It's like trying to please everyone. but Yeah, they're, they're trying to kind of spread it out and, and meet all of their bases. So, um, yeah, so Leon's, they say at least initially it starts out as that kind of... Uh, old school, they, they have the shambling zombies that move very slowly. Um, uh, Chris's campaign is that kind of uh, globe-trotting Gears of War adventure. All the zombies have guns. You do a lot of yeah. cover-based shit. Uh, and then the the new character that they've introduced is, he's basically chased by a nemesis-type character the entire yeah, time. Yeah. So they're kind of, you know, they're people that liked that from the old Resident Evil games. So they're yeah. kind of incorporating a little bit here and there. That's, that sounds like Dino Crisis. And obviously Resident Evil 3 Nemesis, where you've got big beasties chasing you. Yep, yep, exactly. Invisible uh, ones. Yeah. Uh, all right, and then we've got Sony suing Kevin Butler. I know you're a fan, Alex, an ardent fan. <laughs> How am I a fan? Oh, I, just... I, I don't know. You just... You felt like saying that? Yeah. I don't know why it came to me. It came to me. <laughs> it's pretty ironic, I suppose, but... Uh... I, I I don't know who's in the wrong or who's in the right for this one. Well, I guess it's like he is a character for them, and he really can't go off hawking. As long as he's still under contract, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's that's weird. where the 
Yeah, that's where the, the, the devil's in the details with this one, because he, he wasn't allowed to do another commercial for another with another game thing uh, while he was under contract with them. Um, my understanding is that they did the uh, the filming for this Bridgestone commercial where he's playing a Wii uh, while he was under contract with Sony, but the commercial aired after his contract had been um, okay, uh, finally expired. finished. Oh, yeah. yeah, expired. Um, so I don't know if he's allowed to um, if he's allowed to do filming with other companies while he's under contract. If that's not the case, then Sony would clearly have a case here. But if it's just about when the commercial gets released, then it seems like he would be uh, in the clear. In breach. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Obviously, Sony doesn't own the rights to uh, the actor's name is Jerry Lambert, I believe. So they don't have the rights to his image, and you know. Commercial actors, they tend to play the same kind of characters and, and yeah, each one's yeah. and look. So he's going to be kind of doing a Kevin Butler thing wherever he goes. Yeah, they, they said uh, yep. we've invested significant resources in bringing the Kevin Butler character to life. <clears throat> and well, it's true. I mean, it was one of the more successful uh, ad campaigns for the I've brand. Seen, yeah, I've seen some of them. Yeah. They were pretty good. Yeah, he's got that kind of, like, middle management kind of look to him, you know. It's kind of yeah. neat to see a guy walking around like that as, like, stuff's blowing up around him, and they make the office seem like a, a crazy place that's different for every game that they're they're hawking. And uh, it was kind of neat. Yeah, I, I kind of miss him, actually. <laughs> it would be someone I'd be relegated to doing some kind of dodgy iPhone commercial or some knockoff in some foreign country, now that he's been exercised from the Americas. I remember him. <laughs> It rem- um, it's kind of the I know a lot of like when they're advertising stuff now for games companies they're usually qu- and other ones as well because everything's like very loud and like there's some there's something very American about it I think um, in terms of the the comedic direction and things oh, which certainly. I find bombastic kind of in your face yeah exactly uh, making loud aggressive proclamations about how awesome you are. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, sometimes I feel like just saying, "All right, all right, I get it, I get it." Just, just, just talk to me for a minute. Just, you know, put it down, and just have no. sit, sit, sit on this smoking couch thing with, you know, a cigar, and just, just, t- just tell me about how the product affects you. In that, no, we can't do that in that strangely British way. Oh, oh, my energy! I need oh, some more okay. back. <laughs> all right then, uh, and the Monster Power Tweak coming to Diablo Three. Alex, take it away. Uh, it's the new mode for Diablo 3 that allows you to customize the strength of the monsters that you face, and that will affect the loot drops that you get in correspondence to how difficult or how easy you set it, which basically adds a really sort of complex but a new layer of customization to the game so you can play it however you know difficult or easy that you want it. So, to a layman such as myself, who's never who's not played Diablo three, is it just a difficulty slider? No, it's a little more advanced than that because you can customize a whole bunch of stuff for the monsters. But in in essence, yes, in essence, it's very detailed difficulty slider. Right. So it's verging on kind of mod territory, if you can. No, it's still still a difficulty slider. Not <gasps> nothing. Nothing changes about the game per se to make it a mod. It's just making things easier or harder, and then you get better drops because of it, so that people complaining about, you know, Inferno can tone it down so they can actually finish the game on right, right, right. all difficulty levels and things like that. Okay. 
Uh, okay, then. And then Tomb Raider pre-order bonus is announced. It, it, it was a shock to me, Alex. Was it a shock to you? <laughs> it's only the first wave of the pre-order bonuses. Right. So these are the uh, retailer-specific ones. So depending uh, on where you shop, you get a different thingy. And then uh, there's going to be waves, I guess, two and three, which will be universal pre-order bonuses. Right. What was the shock about it? <laughs> that was... Uh, <laughs> That was my sarcasm. There was no shock. I, I cannot read sarcasm at all. <laughs> there was there was no it was just, you know, it's it everything has pre order bonuses now and you have to buy it from a million stores to get a million things. Which yeah. be do you, I mean you guys have a problem with that? Oh yeah, I do. It's just it's just annoying. It's like what happens to just releasing a game instead of trying to pull you in a million directions so you can get a weapon or I think, but the thing is, I'm I'm a I'm a completionist, and stuff like that just like triggers some kind of mild OCD where it just it doesn't make me happy. You see, I I haven't myself run into a situation where the pre-order bonuses have been like so significant that I've really felt like I was missing out on something. I, I don't know. I feel like they've been pretty good about uh, keeping them you know, minor cosmetic things and yeah, little. Yeah maps and cards and bonuses and stuff like that that are kind of just, you know, little throwaway add-ons that, you know, if you happen to like them. And, um, I mean, if they release them later on, you know, as part of a DLC pack or something like that, then, you know, yeah, I, I don't see do. It. usually do. Yeah. Well, yeah, then, so. yeah, I think we didn't hear much about it at E3. I think it may have just been touched on. But, uh, yeah, there's loads. Of, I'm, I'm, still, I'm still not decided whether I'm going to buy it. It's just a series of disgusted voices. Yeah, like, oh, ah, oh, ah, <laughs> ah. Before you like, have a stroke. <laughs> yes. You should probably move on. Okay, then. Okay, and now on to the article recap, where we'll hear some highlights oh. from contributors. The first off is F1 2012 review, and that got an 82. The next review was for Joe Danger 2, which got an 89. We had Faster Than Light reviewed, which got an 83. We had Connect National Geographic TV review, 76. Uh, there was FIFA 13, which got an 87. Just Dance 4, which got a 77. Torchlight 2, which got an 84. War of the Roses, which got a 72. And One Piece Pirate Warriors, which got a 62. You couldn't contain your excitement about Connect, could you? I, I, I couldn't, Alex. There was just something in me that I just had to get out. Uh, yeah, so I did uh, Connect National Geographic TV. was fun times okay. for kids, mostly. But is it fun for all the family? Uh, not really. No. I mean, it's still a Connect game where you're mostly tasked with, you know, wildly swinging your arms around and dancing around, pretending to be a bear. I mean, it's kind of cute that the game puts all these animals kind of on top of your face and hands, so you can mm -hmm. pretend you're the animal, and you can perform various nature tasks. Right, yeah, because I, I, I can see a salmon in one of these pictures, and uh, a couple of people who look like bears. Can I capture that salmon? Yes, I think that's one of the goals in that particular one. Right. And, you know, you get a different high score depending on how well you do but uh, it's pretty hard actually because of you know the core connect inaccuracies and the oh, kind of right. scores that the game expects from you 
And then if you play with another person, then the challenge goes up because the score is expected to be double type of thing. Right. So if you're an adult who's actually trying to get a high score, it might make you a little angry. Right. Because mm-hmm. of... so, so there is a possibility that I will strike out against my own kin out of frustration. Yeah. Right. But, you know, as a National Geographic offering, it's pretty good because it's, uh, you know, episodes quite educational and kid-tailored. Wait, so can I actually watch, like, National Geographic documentaries and stuff? Yeah, or... that's that's what you do. You watch the season. Or there's, there's eight episodes on the disc. Right. And then it all, if you buy it new, it also comes with a season pass for the full season of National Geographic, and that's the actual regular TV show. Right, right, right. Okay. So, yeah, you get decent value of it for sure. Is it in HD? Oh, yeah. Oh, right. Of course. Yeah, yeah, I was just checking. I was just checking, that's all. Sometimes you can be a bit wary. No, it is. And you got the guy with the bear. Did you watch any of the documentaries? I did. Anything good? Uh, they're all pretty good-ish. I mean, it's like I said, it's tailored towards kids, so it's very accessible, <clears throat> and it doesn't really go into any kind of nitty-gritty about animal violence or anything. So it's, <laughs> you can you can you know leave your kid with it, and he'll be fine. So. All right. And you also reviewed FIFA 13. I did. Thoughts on that? Uh, pretty good. Annual game from EA Sports. Uh, not really anything crazy revolutionary this time around. More, uh, you know, lots of fixes, lots of little additions and changes and uh, neat things. So, well worth it, I think, still, for uh, any fans of the sport. Still better than Pro Evo? Uh, ooh, well, that's actually under review right now. Oh, right. So maybe we shall wait until that's live. All right, don't give a little taste. Uh, no. It's a little peritif. Nope. All right. Oh, and uh, who's your favorite team? Oh, I don't really have one. I just like the sport. <laughs> oh, do you? Yeah. Excellent. Same man you? No. Uh, Trafford, just down no. the road. Yeah, play City. They're rich now. Yeah. They've, they've been rich for a while. I remember that when they got brought <laughs> out. Everyone went mental. Well, the City supporters did anyway. All right, unfortunately, I haven't reviewed anything, because I never do. And uh, I don't think... Nick, have you reviewed anything? Nothing. I have... Um, I'm working on the review for uh, Madden 13. Uh, should be finished with that this weekend, I think. Just putting some finishing touches on it. It's. I mean, I think Alex can sympathize with this, but uh, when you're doing a review for an annualized sports title, it's. it can sometimes be kind of pulling teeth a little bit to find something <laughs> up to say other than, yeah, it's that game that you know that's exactly the same, you know. Is it, is it there an upgraded um, physics engine in that one? It does, actually. I, I, I shouldn't say that it's exactly the same, actually. The, they have a new physics engine, uh, the Infinity Engine, uh, oh, yeah. which purports to, you know, kind of use muscles and momentum and inertia to determine the outcomes of plays rather than having canned animations. Um, yeah. They they have a few of those still, but uh, uh, by and large, it's it's a big improvement over the last outings. Um, uh, I, I find that like uh, just the dynamism that it adds to the game, uh, not knowing exactly what's going to happen to a play when you get hit with it by another player, you know, knowing that your guy could break out of it in you know twenty or thirty different ways, adds a lot of excitement to it. Actually, I have one more. I also did Just Dance Four. Oh, you did? Yeah. Please tell. Go on. <laughs> Oh, well, that one is actually a case of uh, more of the same, really. And favorite dance? Oh, goodness. I, You know what? It's, been, it's, it's embarrassing enough, even when you're doing it alone. I'm not going to tell you anything about 
what happened behind closed doors trying to review this. Dance like no one's watching. Or... Exactly. That's what I. That's what I try to do. <laughs> any any particular favorite dance move then? Whatever is easiest, man. You know, just kind of waving your arms. That's I'm good with that. That's all I need to do. <laughs> Some of the you know crazy tr- twist drops, and they have a new workout mode. Like, right. yeah, it's pretty intense. Jazzercise. Yeah. And this is yeah, this connect, isn't it? Of course, it's gonna. So it's not Wii U, is it? Well, it's it's actually for PS3, PlayStation Move as well, and for the Wii. Oh right. So what? If on the Move, I'd have to hold a thing in my hand instead of watching my body. Well, kind of yeah, the same because it started out on the Wii as well. I remember that's the same concept. Oh yeah, but you, you've got the eye with it as well, have you? That's what I'm not thinking of. No. Nope. The PlayStation. Maybe. What? I don't know. I was gonna say because it has to track your movement somehow. Yeah. Well, is on the, the on the Wii, it just used the nunchucks, right? Yeah, yeah, I think they just follow the yeah, just the gyro. Nothing else. Does it actually improve your dancing then? <laughs> I suppose if you want to actually learn these things and you go to a a proper dance party that has enough space for you to kind of swing wildly well, around. I, I just usually roam the streets with a piece of cardboard, lay it down on the floor, <laughs> and start breakdancing. You know what? Then yes, it will improve you and your skills. Yeah, because when I when I hit the club. Yep. All right then. I didn't know, Alex. I would, I would love to see you participate in that. Like, because uh, when we were at E3, they were they were dancing, but like I said, it was dancing like they were in a dictatorship, and if they'd be shot if they stopped. <laughs> but for forty, they danced and they danced for for quite some time. It's quite the workout. Yeah. All right then. It's a shame we don't have anything more to review, so I suppose we should move on. And now to news around the industry. First up, we've got the PlayStation Store redesign, and we then we've got Modern Warfare 2, map removed for some religious imagery, which caused quite the stir. We've got a new shooter that uses no animation, it only uses a physics engine. And we've got the Gakai, or Gaikai, uh, test, uh, teasing AAA titles on a cloud platform. We've got Windows 8 Marketplace, is now not carrying Peggy 16 games. And we've got an EA founder saying that consoles are niche. Mm. And on to the first, then, PlayStation Store redesign. Long time coming. I don't mind it. I don't mind the current one. I think the Xbox is more confusing to me. Yeah, I never, never really liked the Xbox. Really? You don't mind the, the current PS uh, Store? Yeah, because it's like kind of like organizing folders on your computer. It's easy. Whereas the oh, X- it's so bad. The, no. And then the Xbox One, you kind of scroll sideways, and you scroll sideways some more, and you're in a... Subsection over the other section over the third section. It's, yeah, that's just me though. I I found that the I mean the current version of it. Yeah, I, I like the idea of folders. That sounds great. But they there's kind of no rhyme or reason to how you can get into the different folders. They have so many menus that don't appear. Like I find myself having to wait on the the home screen in it for like the screens to rotate to show the thing that I'm looking for because otherwise it can be really hard to find. Yes. Uh, it seems like there's a lot of extraneous menus as well. Like, I'll go into uh, some of the games ones, and sometimes I'll just see repetition, and it it just feels like I'm fiddling about to get where I want. But, yeah, uh, there's, like, six different ways to find, like, PlayStation Plus ones, and it's sometimes it's confusing as to which one will take you to the right thing and which one is a different one. Uh it's it's poorly organized. There, there's there's doubled up stuff. There's if yeah. you if you try to search for something on there, like um, 
say you wanted to uh, you know download a digital copy of like Mirror's Edge, and so you put in Mirror's Edge and the search, and you search for it, you'll get like fifteen different wallpapers, <laughs> nine different trailers of the game, and and six different themes and backgrounds and stuff. And then down towards the bottom, there'll be the actual digital copy of it that you want to get. Yeah, you know. But uh, this one, it isn't as blue as the previous one. This one, I think they've toned it down. Yeah, it looks a little bit more in line with their kind of like you know black sleek kind of yeah. thematics they've been working with. And that's that's cool. It's kind of Metro inspired, I guess. Yeah, it does look. I, I just want it to be cleaner. I think. I think that'll work better for everyone. Yeah, I, I think this one looks pretty slick. Uh, I'm looking forward to see it rolled out. I, I gotta think it's gonna be improvement over the last one. Yeah, hopefully it'll stop messing me up when I'm trying to sign in on my PlayStation Plus or keep signing me out for some protocols or whatever. I don't know. I'm making it angry. I don't know how to fix it. <laughs> Tell me how to please you. But uh, yeah. firmware right. update. Yeah, something. It's you have up. to. Your your PS3 is a vengeful deity that you can only appease by downloading firmware. <laughs> how much do I need to feed you? But uh, okay then. Uh, now on to Modern Warfare 2 map removed for religious imagery. Thoughts on this? It's a pretty old game. Kind of a... Somebody... I read a comment somewhere. Uh, somebody said, and that is the biggest meaningful update to Call of Duty since release. <laughs> to Modern Warfare 2. <laughs> it's crazy, though. It's, it's just like it's been so long, and it's kind of like... It's quite nitpicky. I think. It's... I, I am not the most cultured dude at all, and um, <laughs> I, I, preparing. The I, I don't know much about. Uh, but, uh, yeah, yeah, get ready for it. But um, uh, my understanding of, of Islam is that cleanliness is a very important aspect of it. Um, I think that you have to do, if I understand it correctly, like ritual prayers or things like that. Um, so to have a, uh, it, it was a frame of a painting, I believe. In the bathroom, that that referenced uh, Allah uh, is is kind of antithetical to the religion. Right. Does that sound about right, or am I completely talking out of my ass here? It was uh, two paintings that hung above a toilet, whose frames contained the quote, "Allah is beautiful and He loves beauty." Which yeah, so... I don't see how that's offensive, except that it's I guess in the bathroom. But you you get yeah, clean there. It's, it's that it's it's above the toilet. That's oh, just silly. That, 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 that's a bit of a stretch, though, because if you go down far enough, it'll be in the dirt, and then in the center of the earth. Then it'll be in Australia. Or somewhere. <laughs> if we go down far enough. Uh, it, it, it just seems like it's it's like it's like been ages since the game came out. And I was wondering, like, did was like a person playing a game where you kill people and then found that offensive, but doesn't but is okay with, like... The slaughter of Modern Warfare 2. I don't. I'd. Lo, I'd be interesting to know who made the complaint and how they feel about playing the game. You know why they paid money for it or how they came to well, play. Well, you have to remember. I think in Modern Warfare 2, it's uh, Russians that are the bad guys. So it's not the Middle Eastern people that are the bad guys this time. So that's why they're playing it in the first place. No, oh, well, <laughs> you're still killing people. I know, but like I'm, I can see a screenshot here, but it doesn't seem very clear. It looks very like, uh, I guess like the person in the screenshot has a sniper rifle. So I suppose if you sniper rifled on the picture, you zoomed in, you could probably see it. Yeah, 
I, mean, I, I, just, I, mean, I just feel like it, it's such a simple thing to change. I mean, just you know, go in, just change the texture of it, and pop back out again, send out a quick update. Yeah, like for for it to be such a minor thing, I don't see a problem with you know changing this if it offends a few people. It seems okay to me. But they don't have any budget. They gotta roll up Modern Warfare Four, man. <laughs> they don't have the budget to pull a map, remove a picture, and put it back up. No, no, <laughs> they're just gonna you know. Pull it, it. Is just knowing Activision, they're gonna you know go through all this. They're gonna they're gonna change it. They're gonna make a big PR statement about how they fixed it and that they're sensitive to people's beliefs. Yeah, the, 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 I don't know. Sometimes when I think about people complaining for stuff, I think, you know, in the time you took to complain or something, you could have done you know something more positive. Like you could have donated to charity or you could have gone and just used your time better. Planted a flower. Yeah, anything. I mean, <laughs> Do we know how it was brought up? I mean, did they just fire out a quick email about it or you know, post it on a forum? I don't know, you know. It doesn't seem to say. It just says... Um... I think that video came out and that was noticed by Activision. Oh, yeah. just a video? Yeah. <sighs> yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like this situation is just, you know, so someone takes issue with it, they have a, a logical enough complaint about it, just change it, fix it up, send out the update, and it doesn't have to be a big thing. Yeah, I guess he just seems a bit pointless after all. You know, that's, that's fun to talk about it that way. <laughs> we're, all, we're, all, we're all the same on a biological and metaphysical level. Oh, poor painting. And poor toilet, too. But, uh, okay then. Um, and then, moving on, we've got a, a new shooter that uses no animation, only physics. Did anybody check this out? I took a quick look at the, uh, the video that we have linked for it. Yeah. Uh, it seemed kind of cool. It's kind of like a cutesy little, like, kind of Lego-looking blocks. Yeah, it's like uh, kind of Minecraftian, if that's the word. Minecraft. I like it. It's it's kind of like Lovecraftian, except yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Minecraftian style. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I I think the most interesting part of the video was when the person kept falling over the wall, close close to the end, which proved to be quite interesting. Because that's really how you see the physics work. You on the other stuff, it's kind of I know it's been animated before in games, but like when you shoot someone in the head and they fall over, you've kind of seen that done before. But I think it'd be cool if you were like running away from a person or trying to escape and you had to vault over a wall and you jumped like not enough in time and you actually fell over. That'd add like a really new element or <laughs> clumsiness. Yeah, yeah, clumsiness because it happens. Say if you're running and you ran into a wall and you actually smacked your head against it and fell over. Or you were like running around a corner and you didn't turn in time and your shoulder glanced off the side of the wall and you fell. And, you know, your head hit a vase. It's kind of like, like the uh, Grand Theft Auto physics. That might it, happen in GTA V. But what happens with Grand Theft Auto is like is somebody shuts off his brain as soon as he gets hit and he just kind of collapses. <laughs> There's no kind of fight left in him. It's like somebody <laughs> just unpl- unplugged him from the wall. Nico! Uh, <laughs> but I think if, if there was a way you could interpret... It's just, I suppose it's difficult, though. I've never worked with a physics engine, but, you know, like, because you have the strength of your muscles and how you how you react when you fall, like, on instinct and stuff. Like, um... Well, what's cool um, to me is that it's actually, I think, less than a megabyte in size. Yeah, because it's... Yeah. it's it, does it take no graphics CPU? It's basically, it could run on, like, a really basic computer. Yeah. Is what I hear. Which is, uh... That's pretty cool. It's called, uh... A new zero. The physics-based first-person shooter with no animations. Pew, pew, pew. 
Exactly, with that strange dodgy assault rifle in a coloured game. Um, okay, and next on, we were on... Is it Gakai or Gaikai? Some, somebody please correct me. I keep saying it Gaikai. Gaikai, that's the one. I've uh, been teasing some AAA titles on their cloud platform, such as we've had Mass Effect and we've had the Uncharted series. So uh, they made quite a, a noise as we talked about at E3. So, and with the recent um, buyout of online... shuffling. Sorry, dude. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to kill you. I feel like you're going to jump through my microphone and throttle me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was giving like a nice little peaceful statement, wrapping things up, opening a question, and go. then you, and then you strike like like some angered cobra. Just go ahead with your, with your words. <laughs> yeah. So as I was saying, with the recent failure of uh, or failure of buyout of um, online on live, sorry, uh, like how does people? Th- how do you think that this is going to fare? You think they can make it? With Sony's acquisition, it's a little tough to say right now. I, you know, I so they're they're moving these things to the cloud. They've got some interesting games listed. Um, I don't. It depends on how they're going to use them. Uh, if this is something where they can they can start bringing you know big AAA titles to maybe to mobile devices or something like that, then I think it's got a real future. Ooh, mobile. Uh, so you mean like an iPhone? You could play it on your iPhone or like Vita? You think you know? Oh, iPhone, I, I, I just can't see that happening anytime soon. But the, I was thinking more along the Vita, yeah. Um, you know, I, it, it's it's got the capability of play th- playing things like, uh, you know, Uncharted 2, and it could handle Infamous or Killzone. Like, you know, I could see stuff like that happening. So to be able to stream that, uh, you know, depending on price point. If you're in Canada, you might as well just hand over your wallet to Rogers if you want to yeah. stream anything over, by, over, <laughs> over 3G. You're you're done. Yeah, it's gonna be very expensive. You know, I might as well carry a little satellite dish around with me, with its own little Wi-Fi connection. But, yeah, I remember it, the prices you guys were talking about in that last episode. Oh God, it's extortionate. I was in a. I was trying to get home the other day from the centre of uh, Toronto. I thought I'd need to whip it out on a, to try and like guide this taxi driver home. I was getting really nervous. Uh, could you, I, I just saw my bank account kind of decreasing in my mind. Saw the pounds and stuff coming off. Well, that's because you're uh, using an imported phone. That's your problem. Yeah, I know. It's my, you know, I'm hoisted by my own petard. But uh, I don't know. I think I think it can work. It's just you really need to get people behind it, though. And I think teaming up with PlayStation is a good idea, especially if they can throw in some bundles and stuff. Do you think PC has more of a chance than console for it? No, it's more to do with your internet connection, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, both consoles and PC can handle the streaming equally well, I'm sure. It's just a matter of uh, internet. What about target market? You think people on a console would be more inclined to stream than those on PC? I don't know. It depends, I guess. I don't. If if people on console get to play their games, do they really care if it's a download or a stream? I don't think so. As long as their internet can support it. I think PC is a little bit more habituated to downloading than console are. You know, there's still a lot of, I think, hesitance to use, like, the PSN for, you know, big game downloads and stuff like that. Um, at, at least I, in, in this case, part of the reason why they've been discounting stuff to kind of get people to, you know, get over that. Yeah, I think uh, they really need to sort out 
bandwidth issues, especially in Canada and anywhere that it's capped because I can't imagine downloading something that's a hefty few gigabytes. Even on smaller games that I've done on here, I'm really pushing the limit that the bill provider or my internet provider has put on. You feel like you have to be really careful about the games you play, which stops you from buying them. So there's kind of these outside factors which are affecting your purchasing decisions. Yeah, even here in the States, I mean, our, our broadband access still really hasn't... It's not where it should be compared to a lot of other countries. But um, still better than Canada. Don't kid yeah. yourself. That was it really. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's just it's not widespread enough for, for these things to be taken off yet. They're, I mean, they're interesting to think about for the future. But, but I, And I like the idea of it just as a business posturing move. Mm. Uh, for putting putting Sony, you know, to get themselves ready in case they can move on this stuff when when the technology is there to support it. Um, but right now, it's it's kind of just you know, it's in its formative years. It's it's something to think about for later. Yeah, with with the internet, I think I remember when I had dial up, and then I remember when we crossed the threshold to broadband, and it went up to fifty odd kilobytes a second, <laughs> and then it progressed to a hundred. Then I remember it two hundred. So the thing is, I'm still stuck around five hundred kilobytes now here. In, a, in Canada, but I remember when I was in university and I went into the library and they've got like giant kind of massive connections and it went as something crazy like 20 megabytes a second and you know, I thought it, it was the second coming in internet form <laughs> when I was downloading stuff. I, I nearly wept on the keyboard, but you know, if only for the noise that I had to go back to my uh, dorm room and settle for a rubbish connection. <laughs> In um, in my undergrad, we had a thing called the uh, the penalty box, uh, and so that was if you if you went over you know x amount of, you know like four gigs in a uh, I don't know in a month or something like that, then they'd uh, they'd just completely destroy your internet connection, uh, knock it down to almost nothing. And uh, I used to room with uh, a guy who was just obsessively pirating movies. Uh, <laughs> And so we existed in a constant state of, of the penalty box, just all the way through my entire time on the dorms. We, you know, we, you want, you go to like, oh, I'm downloading, um, you know, an album, and they're like, oh, how long is this going to take you? I'm like, I'm expecting it in the next three months or so. We'd have like that kind of thing. So we would set up these long queues of just hundreds and hundreds of things. Where so it would, you know, we'd be in the penalty box, but uh, we'd just have it staggered so that when we wanted to get something, we'd have like a nice steady drip of content coming in at you know, nice. inchworm speeds. So, like, you either, you know, wait a couple months, and then suddenly we'd have stuff coming in. we just have to plan for it months in advance. <laughs> That's management, is that? Yeah, yeah. It, it, it taught us uh, some, some time management skills, you know. <laughs> good, good, good educational experience. Mm. Okie dokie. And then we've got Windows 8 Marketplace not carrying Peggy 16 games. Wasn't it Peggy 18? It says... Uh, yeah, I think it's... Oh, I think sorry. It's 18. It says uh, any game rated above Peggy 16 right. will not be available. Yeah, because Peggy 16 is equivalent to M mature rated. So is it? Yeah, in in like ESRB North America. So those are still going to be okay. But basically, um, well, so in North America they're not going to carry the adult only games, but nobody ever gets that rating anyways. Yeah, I was going to say, well, what is the last adult only game? Yeah, but then uh, in the UK, uh, Peggy 18. It's some M-rated games get either 16 or 18, so you kind of have that dual split rating in the right. UK. So some games, even though they're still just mature, they might get the 18 rating and then they won't be sold on Windows 8 Marketplace. 
But everybody hates the Windows 8 Marketplace, don't they? Yeah, but, uh, you know, they're really pushing it with Windows 8, and they're closing it down, etc., so that's kind of one of the latest things that uh, narrows down your choices. It's just uh, more fuel for Gabe Newell. I know. He's loving this. <laughs> he is. Sat, sat on his throne in Valve. The Valve browser coming soon. Laughing it up as his beard grows. <laughs> oh, then. Um, and to his yeah, he's Scrooge it. McDuck. He's just swimming around in coins. <laughs> in bitcoins. Ooh. <laughs> Love, up. And, uh, okay then, and the final one in the news was EA's founder, Trip Hawkins, saying that consoles are niche. That sounds ridiculous. But they are niche when you think about it, aren't they? Not when you're the guy making the most money on them. But in terms of what they can do. Well, what do you mean? In what options? Well, because when you think about it, a PC has a lot more options that you can do with it, games-wise. Like, what it's capable of, you know, with modding and just the ease of updates and just, you know, the cloud service and the Steam. Yeah, but just the headline and the quote um, kind of throws you it, off. I mean, so I read through the article and... I, I don't know, it seems like it's a little bit sensational. So it says, EA founder says consoles are niche, but if you read through uh, the actual thing, he never actually says that. Uh, <laughs> he, you know, uh, some sketchy journalism, but... Um, Yellow journalism. IGN. Yeah, so he seems... <laughs> he seems to be saying that he thinks they're going to become kind of niche in the future. And it, it's part of a very vague and very generalized bit where he's... Uh, uh, he's talking about the future of, of mobile technologies and ubiquitous computing and things like that. And in, in that context, yeah, sure, you could say that consoles are going to be kind of niche when everyone's got, like, a chip in their brain. You know? <laughs> and we're all in the Matrix. It will be niche yeah. then. Yeah, 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 we'll be in the console. Can't wait for that day. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's weird. If you, I don't know if you guys clicked on the article, but there's then a bit where he's talking yeah. about Steve Jobs on LCD, uh, LSD in there too. <laughs> Where's that one? It's a li- little bit, it's like a, a quarter of the way down in it. It's uh, this guy, Trip, and his name is Trip. How appropriate is that? Uh, Trip yeah. Hawkins talking about um, young being young with uh, Steve Jobs. I guess they used to work together and uh, him, uh, Steve Jobs coming in and just asking him if he was on LSD just casually in the middle of nothing. Sounds like Jobs. <laughs> yep, yep. That's right on there. So, uh, you know, I don't know. The you get these quotes from you know big, uh, you know founders and then like you know CEOs of these major major publishers like EA and stuff, and they're they're clearly looking, you know, for the next big thing yeah. uh, further down the line. And so when they they give out quotes like this that seem kind of disparaging to uh, consoles and current day gaming, it it you're it's like taking it out of the it's a completely different context. They're not trying to like slam what's going on now. They're just looking. They've got their eyes on the horizon. Yeah, you know, and everyone has to think that there's going to be big shakeups coming when we get to that next big leap of technology. You know, which seems like it's near in the future. So uh, I don't know. I, I don't think it's a big deal that he said this. Now we're on to our final section before the listener questions. We'll call it the penultimate section, which oh. is rumors and other coolness. First off, we've got racism at Kixai, 
We've got a senator playing WoW, which could be seen as a disadvantage to uh, her position in office. We've got Sony's, again, Gakai's service to mobile platforms, question mark. And we've got Valve's new IP. Exciting. So, racism at Kixai. Thoughts. Musings. What does Kixai do? Uh, I think they're a mobile platform developer. Social game developer, sorry. mm -hmm. Not mobile. Social games, yeah. Uh, Yeah. They used to be Casual Collective. Yeah, um, um, they make a uh, uh, oh yeah backyard backyard monsters. They did that. Um, yeah, oh, online like little little strategy combat kind of games. Um, they made some headlines uh, a few months back for having a kind of a I don't know if, I, if this is the right word, but kind of an avant garde uh, business strategy for you know, their workplace environment. Yeah. Um, that, but it, yeah. it, it, it strikes me as the same place, say if I went to a sales office and I get the whole uh, Glen Gary, Glen Ross treatment, but I'm like selling pencils or something, and they're trying to make me you know, feel like I'm selling Ferraris to the super rich. <laughs> that, that's what I always feel like when I see them on job postings as well. Like, do you love social media? Because you're going to be sitting in an office updating our Facebook every day <laughs> for the rest of your life. <laughs> the the uh, the posters that they they had for this place it was in the the initial blog post that started this whole thing uh showed a it, it's their logo is i guess a little like knight like from a chess piece um yeah. and then with a little unicorn horn on it but then they had this poster that was this giant like massive hulking unicorn shooting lasers out of its eyes and blowing up like that little internet troll face like everywhere like uh, like stopping through them like godzilla and stuff and they, it had been big uh text underneath like own the internet work at kickside kind of thing that strikes me as oh, i just it kind of grates on me because i feel like it's when you've got a room of like four-year-old people from advertising thinking like how do we connect with the youth of these <laughs> game designers well they love the troll face so roll that out <laughs> it's yeah exactly like that but in, i think in, in this case instead of it being 40 year old guys saying like oh what are the kids of today like they like the lady gagas um <laughs> it's more of a the they, they have a term for these guys they call them uh programmers you know that is that is a portmanteau for you yeah. um but they so these are you know Silicon Valley guys that um, you know kind of coming from that you know like a you know visor turned to the side popped pink polo kind of uh, world you know coming out of there you know they, a lot of these guys have business backgrounds not necessarily games backgrounds and they, so they move into the area they start these you know young startups and they want to live the uh, the Mark Zuckerberg lifestyle. Yeah. Uh, but that, that guy's like thing. a vegan who lives with his girlfriend and like goes on bike rides. I think well, that's, fine. Completely <laughs> destroy my analogy and make me look bad. But. <laughs> no, but I, I, I get it's like the Playboy billionaire stuff. Yeah, yeah, that, that kind of thing. And um, so that was where that was the environment that we're working with here with these guys. And so uh, one of their ex-contract um, employees, I guess he was working there part time. Yeah, he posted a in uh, in his blog uh, about how he was kind of going through this kind of casual racism there from day to day where uh, he, I think he was black and homosexual and he you know repeatedly would have them they'd call him like a thug or they'd say that he was dressing too gangster when he was wearing like very very hipster clothes um, and then you know making kind of homophobe remarks and things like that and then when he took issue with it they basically told him to shove it uh, and that uh, you know he needed to kind of get on program with the way that they conducted business there. Um, so the blog, <laughs> just, the blog just, came just, out. just be less gay and less black, and then we won't have a problem. 
Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Simple requests, really, you know. Um, so just a, a couple of days after this, I think the next day, actually, after this gets released and people have a big, you know, fit over it, then uh, they release, I think they fired four or five people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so good on them, you know, uh, it, that's that's pretty rapid response to it, and they're, you know, it sounds like they went through and they inter- they interviewed people and they uh, figured out who the offending parties were and they got rid of them. So yeah, well yeah, good good for them. They uh, really uh, came through with that. Yeah. I think even, um, you know, even though the company sounds like it would uh, make me cringe, like you know, Reese not Reese with a spoon, Rennie Zellweger sucking a lemon kind of thing, the face would kind of implode on itself. Oh. Uh, like whiskey face times ten. Yeah, yeah. So it like creates its own little black hole and sucks the rest of my jaw in. Okay. <laughs> no, no. Well, fair, fair enough. I think they they made the right decisions. You know, you shouldn't have to tolerate that in a workplace. But I suppose it's just strange. You know, you, you don't really think of the people who work in games like that, do you? No, and you don't think of the San Francisco area as being like a, no. a, a really intolerant location. No, uh, no. Oh, bro, that's some sweet PHP code you got there. Oh, man, I'll just bring it down to C++. Yeah, doesn't sound right. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> bro, you've been really uh, working on those gains of late. <laughs> <laughs> your, your frat guy impression <laughs> does not work with that accent. <laughs> like a British frat, a frat guy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh man, bro, uh, how about uh, those games and what have you not? <laughs> yeah, the football game. Oh, it's terrible. But yeah. But, um, I'm glad to see they've uh, sorted it out. And good for, you know, the people involved and stuff. They took the right action in a speedy and yeah. It's a shame. I, I have to say one thing about it that was kind of weird. And I, I don't know if this is going to be me sounding like you know, an old guy ranting about the, the youth of today, but. Uh, it, it was weird that he had, you know, these this very clear-cut example of workplace harassment based on race, and his first response was to post a blog about it. Oh, you mean the guy who did it? Uh, the guy, the guy who was the victim of it. Yeah, I think but, that's just a lot of the way that people handle it nowadays. Because when you think about it, your online presence can feel quite personal, even though it isn't, and you see how many people vent online um, in a lot of places. So. I think that's what it is, because sometimes you feel like the only people out there, say on Tumblr or Facebook or whatever, they are the only people that listen and care. So maybe Aww. that's how we... F- no, but that's how a lot of people take it. You've seen, you yeah. know, you scroll through Tumblr. I don't really like people gushing everything out on online, but sometimes that's pe- people feel like that's the only outlet they have. But if, if it was, you know, just me, I would have taken it to HR and, you know, made a bit of a stink. But the fact that he's doing it online... Uh, it just created a lot more press, didn't it? And it was a lot more, uh, I don't want to say, I'm not vocal, but, you know, you, a lot more people saw it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, so it, it got these guys, the suppose, uh, I guess the offending parties here. I don't know you know, how many, but it got them fired at least. But as far as it goes for him, you know, if he wanted to do like a wrongful termination thing or something like that, you know, like it, posting a blog for it is, is going to be uh, counterproductive. Uh, you know, he he had some parts in there where like he came off a little bit racist as well, um, yeah. talking about the you know that the fact that the people were white that were doing this to him, and uh, you know if it's something where he wants to go to like a civil case about it or he wants to build some kind of you know, litigation about it, like that can come back to haunt you. You know. Yeah, there, there were uh, better ways to deal with it. I agree with that. You know, Tumblr yeah. probably isn't the best. Just, 
Yeah, let's just do a you know a little PR. Uh, sorry, like a, a public service announcement about this too. We'll have like the little star go across the sky and you know. Yeah, the more you know. So yeah, so when when people say racist stuff to you at the workplace, don't don't post about it in a blog. Just go talk to your lawyer, talk to HR. Yeah. You know, get get it resolved that way. Yeah, and just you know sue them into the ground. Da, na, na. And then GI Joe can jump in through a window or something. To really put put a bow on it all. I like all it. Right. Nope. Okay then, so from one kind of computer games foray to the next, Alex brought this up. It was the senator who's playing WoW. It was seen as a. It was used as fuel against her. Wasn't <laughs> yeah. It? I thought it was a pretty interesting story. Um, it was. It was. Yeah, I mean they got nothing except for the fact that somehow they. Uh, Went through and found her WoW character, which is like a dark elf. So it, it was an orc, rogue, I think. A rogue, whatever. And uh, you know they just took that and ran with it. And oh, look the kind of dark character that she's imagining herself as in this dark online game. She can't be a political person. It was yeah, just uh, very yeah, lowest common denominator kind of uh, insults and and really. Sleazy politics, I think. I yes. love the quote here that she lived a quote unquote bizarre double life. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's right. You, um, you should see my second life character. <laughs> Sickening. <laughs> oh man! Uh, so I, I, I have to think this is going to backfire on them, right? Uh, I think it there's did, so many. Yeah. So many gamers out there, and so many people, World of Warcraft especially. Like, oh, you're going to make somebody look like a, a weird outsider because they play World of Warcraft? Yeah, because surely there's people who play online games, and, you know, a good majority of them who have stable lives, careers, and probably, you know, some of them own quite a decent wage and have good lives and everything. It doesn't really denote your personality or anything like that. Uh, maybe she was a griefer. Yeah, well, that I wouldn't stand for. I'd say for our office. <laughs> Not any of that. Teach her a lesson. But it, I think it just shows the the gulf between how people feel, how, how some people feel about those who play uh, just games in general, not necessarily online. Because, you know, I usually play a thief or something or do horrendous things in games, but, you know, I'm not really going to go out into the world and do that. Which has been, it's been an argument for ages. It still also shows kind of the mentality of these you know, lower level politicians, you know, older men in their 40s and 50s that are completely disconnected from the culture. Uh, well, just, you well, know. Yeah, that's the thing. If you see something and you're not familiar with it, you can see it as, you know, scary or evil. So you feel like it's something that needs to be attacked. But, you know, that, that isn't the way to understand it, is it? I just beating it with a stick. <laughs> I don't think. No, it's... Uh, but, you know, it's, um, it's good that a lot of people rallied behind her and gave her support. You know, it's nothing exactly wrong with, you know, playing World of Warcraft or anything like that. She hadn't played it for ages as well, I think. I think she only logged in, like, a few times over the past years and last year. You know, she was probably too busy with the campaign and other life. But I'm glad to see it worked out well for her. Yep. All right, then. Uh, bada bum. Then... Did you have anything to say about Sony's uh, service to mobile platforms, Alex? You put that in there. Obviously, it tickles your fancy. No, that wasn't me. That wasn't you? Nope. Tell, are you telling me? It wasn't you? Yep. That was me. But uh, it's kind of a repeat of what we went over with the uh, 
AAA on the cloud platform. So. Uh, so this is what's coming to our Android. Oh yeah, that's what we we touched on it, didn't we? Sorry, I didn't. Yeah, we, we already covered. We can move on to the next one. Yeah, sure. Uh, and our, our next one was the Valve's IP one uh, for some new concept art for a new game. Well, it says a bunch of new project. It's an open world space game called Stars of Barathrum. So sure it is. That's what he said. You <laughs> see, in the first, uh, I am skeptical. You're skeptical about what? The leak. What do you mean? Well, the legitimacy of it. Well, you think it's a lie, or you think Valve did it themselves? Either or. <laughs> that doesn't really mean anything. But what? What? It your, might be. Uh, it might be. It might be concept art from completely not a Valve studio. It could be from some other studio. So you mean some kind of marketing <clears throat> that game? No, 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 not marketing. Just some concept art from a game that was once developed at some studio that nobody really knows about until now. But somebody right. said, well, what if it's from Valve? And that's the story. Oh, so it's it's not no one from Valve's come forward, it, but well, somebody just assumes not. it's Valve. Yeah. Um, it's, so who, who said it was Valve? It was just the video says it's Valve, so therefore people believe it's Valve. Yep. Kind of thing. And what are your thoughts on that type of journalism, Alex? We know you don't like it. <laughs> I will not comment. Take his poor journalism? I like, yeah, I'm not gonna. I won't get into that. Oh. Can't get him to say it. <laughs> Just say it's bad journalism. I won't get happy. into that. They say it makes you want to rip a monitor off the wall. Pete, <laughs> am I poking a bear with a stick? He, he's been simulating as a bear, so you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. That's, that's all that sound really. Uh, Put you in a bad place. Yeah. All right. Well, it looks. It certainly whatever concept art it is, it certainly looks interesting. Especially uh, the races and stuff. Even though they look like their heads have been morphed to some degree. Yeah, it looks like in. Um, did you see? Uh, what was it? Oceans. Was it Oceans Thirteen? Where they uh, uh, their their group is going to get caught by the bad guy, so they have to uh, go in really quick and modify all of their faces into something oh, else. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks like someone went through and did like a really slapdash effort of trying to like change the faces into something else here. Like it looks like someone just kind of grabbed and pulled. Like uh, oh, you know, like the old like in Mario sixty four, you could pull on Mario's face and oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what happened to these guys. It's kind of freakish. Did you think Valve would be doing a space game? Or you think that's a bit strange of them? I could see it myself. I, you know, it's kind of a. For as as popular the idea is, there's not a whole lot of games that really take advantage of it. Uh, you know, Eve is kind of like sitting out by itself, just doing the space thing. That's like a whole space kind of commerce game, though. It drives me insane. I feel like I was doing a job instead of playing a game, like being an accountant yeah, it is, or something. Uh, it, as popularly insane. referred to as uh, Microsoft Excel in space. Yeah. Oh gosh. But I can I can see how you could get proper ex- um, like engrossed in it and stuff. If that's your kind oh, of thing. That's a great game. But, I mean, you look at, like, the way that people, I mean, immediately have jumped to, like, FTL. Yeah. And um, uh, what's what's the new one that uh, 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 the guy the guy that did uh, Wing Commander is, uh, is doing a new game, a new okay. space game. And people have been uh, leaping at this stuff. And I think it's because, like, the, you know, that, that niche is kind of underserved a little bit. So I, I could see, you know, Valve stepping into it and having success. Has anybody, have you played Faster Than Light? I haven't. 
Have um, you played it, Alex? Nope. Yeah. I, I thought it, kind of, it was kind of vaguely Oregon Trail, you know. You, you, <laughs> Oregon Trail in I, space. Yeah, there's another. Oregon Trail was great. Don't knock it. Um, you know, so you, you, you make your moves, you, you progress to the next area, and then a, a situation happens, and you have to, like, you know, pick through a series of possible responses and, you know, watch what happens. That kind of text adventure kind of thing. So you have died uh, of space dysentery. Exactly, exactly. The uh, you tried to fjord the space river and uh, for the space river and uh, the wheels fell off of your spaceship. Yeah, Susie May has you, died. You lost three space oxen. <laughs> it's three space oxen. <laughs> Don't get me started on space oxen. It's so hard to keep them alive, you know. Excellent. All right then. I guess uh, our final section would be listener questions then. Question of the episode. But. So the listener questions is not the question of the episode. It is. Okay then. So, Isn't it? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah we can we, we can make them the questions of the episode. Yeah, yeah. Just say that we've got questions from uh, ten viewers. Okay, now on to our final section, the ultimate section we like to call it, which is listener questions. Uh, we've had the first one, which was from Shell Strike, which says, "Do you think Origin and UPlay will ever be able to surpass Steam's digital delivery market share?" Let's put the question to the table. No. Uh, succinct answer from Alex there, onto Nick. <laughs> <laughs> um, Do you want to expand on that, Alex? No. No? Oh, yeah, there it is again. <laughs> I, I have to agree with Alex. Um, the I would say that the reason that I don't see that happening is because just of the the momentum that uh, that Valve has right now. Uh, you know, there's a reason why you know EA and all these companies are trying to buy them. Uh, it's because they're they're going upwards. They you know they like the future of the company. It's going to be uh, gaining value, and they're going to keep moving into new areas. They're going to keep increasing their their share of the market. They're going to keep uh, moving into new territories. Uh, they've got crazy momentum right now. So, uh, Origin and UPlay, I I don't know about you guys, but my experience with them is that they're a thing that I just have to deal with when I want to play the game that I want to play. There's there's no reason to do it except for when it gets in your way. I, I, I just think there's it's not even close. I don't know. They should listen to their users more and make it a less intrusive process. But at the moment, Steam's just too big, and it's kind of like all-encompassing with its variety of games and what it can offer. And it's just more well-established at the moment. But who knows? Maybe the giant will fall one day. Maybe a game will fall up his throne. You, I mean, you raise a good point, though. The fact that Steam is, you know, it's, it's autonomous, you know. Um, just the fact that it can serve, you know, these these indie games and all these other companies can get in it. And Origin and Uplay are always going to be restricted to their own, you know, publisher's games. Yeah. Uh, you know, they they have a much smaller library to pick from, and that's going to affect their ability to get a larger market share. Another question comes from Tricky Beck, which says, An issue I've had with games recently, as a strictly PC gamer, is why so many games developed for consoles have really bad PC ports. A lot of them have really imprecise mouse controls, menu interfaces clearly designed for a controller, the inability to change important video settings, the inability to bind things to mouse 4 and mouse 5 buttons, a field of view that is too narrow as well, uh, nowadays, I have to do research to make sure a game was developed specifically for PC, or that the port was well done, like Borderlands 2, in contrast to Borderlands 1, which was a very poor port. Thoughts on that? Yes. Alex, go on. Yes. Yes, is his answer. <laughs> Op- opposite is a, you know, a really polar opposite to your no of before. That's right. 
I think, uh, is there a no, kind of an all right, a good, just yes in general, kind just of yes, just the blanket yes, yes yeah. is bad? Well, so the question is, why are games having crappy PC ports? Yes. Yeah. The answer is because that's the choice of the publisher and or developer, because of the budget limitations, or they just don't know what they're doing, either one of those. Right. So you think that it's important that uh, companies invest more time and effort and money in making sure their PC ports are... Well, that's up to the company, if they wanted to sell and have any kind of good reputation on PC. Right. And what about if the budget failing is not on their fault? Um, You think... Then they should do and just say, we're not making it because it's going to be crap because we don't have the money for it. So you think they should set up like a donate button saying we? No, need no, no! Don't kickstart it, please. <laughs> what about Indi- can we Indiegogo it? No. Can we pass a hat around the world? And no. We just throw spare changes. No. If okay. they really don't have the money but they want to do it, then I don't know, borrow money or wait until the console version sells and then make a PC version when you get some money coming in. Right. But I think the bottom line is they should actually say these things to the customers and not just be you know, all quiet about the PC version existence or if it's going to come out or when. Well, if they feel they can just release it poorly and then they can work on patches and things. But they don't, usually. Yeah. So you think they should, if they can't afford to do it or do it properly, then just don't do it. Do a job right. Yep. Okay, then. Harsh I mean, is a... As a PC gamer, like, is that the way that you would want things? Just not get games at all if they don't have, you know, like, increased well, customization? I mean, and... Yeah, that's, that's a very... Um, the, the question goes over a lot of things about, uh, you know... I think it's kind of nitpicking the question, because it talks about an ability to customize things. But, I mean, the truth is, some games work just fine even though you can't customize your field of view or resolution or whatever, they're still good games. So I think, with my answer, I'm more talking about, you know, the really buggy, unplayable, really bad ports, rather than the, uh, you know, the ports without any customization, straight ports or whatever. See, I I feel like I have, like, maybe a little more sympathy for, you know, games that maybe have not as good uh, PC ports, but you know, I, I'm more of a console gamer, or at least I have been for the past few years. So maybe I, I don't have enough firsthand experience with it to say. But you know, I, I, I kind of see it as being like, um, you know, I, I do a lot of work with Photoshop and things like that. And yes, you have this constant issue of when you have an image that's low quality, there's no way to like you know bump it up, get it to a better resolution. You know, you can work the other way around. You can shrink things, but you can never get them. You can never get them bigger the other way. So it's like when you're p- porting to PC. I could see it being some of that problem, you know, like uh, especially a developer that didn't expect to release on PC but had, like, unexpected success, so a PC port is expected of them. Uh, now they've got to take something, and, and they, they've, they've developed it for what are essentially five- or six-year-old PCs with the PS3 or the Xbox, and now they have to take it and, and make basically bump everything up and, you know, make it so that it looks good on something that's... Uh, got a, an infinite number of possible different permutations with the PC, or you know, different hardware, different software, and all of it is going to be a lot higher end looking. Yeah, uh, but sometimes they don't do that, and I think I think at the end of the day that's okay as long as it's still the same game that you got on consoles. 
I mean, taking, for example, the recent port of uh, Dark Souls, I mean, that's... They've, it's been like almost uh, like 10 months since the console released last year. And then in August here, uh, they released the PC version. And, you know, they're saying, oh, it's because the fans wanted us to make a PC version. But we don't really have the budget, but we'll make one anyway. And it's it's terrible port. <laughs> it's, it's not just, you know, oh, you can't customize buttons. Because I, I consider that a want rather than a need for a PC uh, version of a game. You know, whereas this one is just, there's like barely any mouse support. You can't customize anything. Uh, it's very buggy. And, you know, that's the kind of thing that I would just said, you know what? It's not, for me, it's not worth it. And, like, and you know what I thought was interesting about that one was that, so the it had very low resolution, right, in the, the initial, the original vanilla PC port. And then didn't one guy create yeah, and fix right. for the entire thing? Yeah, and, and that's crazy to me. So they didn't they didn't have enough space in their budget to employ the one person that it would take to get this thing looking good. Well, it was it wasn't like I mean he didn't go and redo the textures or anything. Um, actually, he did some oh, yeah, sure, yeah. hardware tweaking, you know, tweaking the settings or whatever. But yeah, that's essentially what happened there as well. Yeah, and that that's what's weird to me is that it's the work of one guy working, I'm sure, part time just tooling around with this stuff who's able to you know bring it around and make it look good again yeah uh that's, that's kind of nuts you know so it, like I, I can kind of understand where pc gamers might feel that this is a, a little bit of laziness on the part of you know publishers where like they can see just guys from their community taking the steps necessary to make them look good and the, the you know the developers and publishers can't get it done i, I can see that being kind of frustrating yeah mm. Yeah, and some of them are bizarre. You know, I was going through you know, kind of like um, uh, uh, recapping like the the list of like all the bad PC ports that have come out recently, and seeing some of the problems. And, and some of them are absolutely bizarre. So I guess the the PC port for Resident Evil Four didn't have an option in the game to quit. They didn't they didn't have a menu for it. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you just had to like you know pull the plug <laughs> thing. Like, uh, you know, cases where they don't even change, like, the button prompts so that they stay as whatever they were for, like, the, the controller. Xbox oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a common one. Things like that. And that's yeah. that's crazy. That's I mean, that's not even a matter of, oh, we don't have the budget. That's no one cared to try. Um, I, you know, I wonder if it, some of it is kind of systematic where the way that they, they handle these ports for the publisher, you know, if it's not going to be the original developer who's doing it and they're just, like, licensing it out to somebody else, you know, I, I, if they're taking, like... Uh, bids to do this stuff, you know, it's going to go to whoever, like, the, the lowest bidder was, the, the company that's willing to do it for the cheapest amount. And, um, you know, that, then you're going to get a, a crappy low-budget port. Yep. You know, it's just a matter of, that. that's the way, if you go with that process, then that's the end result that's going to happen, nine times out of ten. I guess that's it. Wrap yeah. Uh, Pete, you were supposed to rock out. I was. What happened? Next week. Next week. My room's a mess and my guitar's not plugged in and stuff. That's not Save an it. excuse. Wait, he was actually—he was literally going to rock out? Yeah. <laughs> he, he wanted, like, a theme song to the show. I'm keeping that reminder for next episode, then. Oh, you, you may keep it. You may keep it. You can follow me at, at Nick Capazzoli. That's N-I-C-K-C-A-P-O-Z-Z-O-L-I. And, um, yep, check out my posts on NewGameNetwork.com. Yeah, I need to follow you as well, Nick. Yeah, do it. I think. Go it, you can retweet some stuff. <laughs> oh, I'm great. 
get the. I want. I want you to get those hashtags working. I'll do it. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna spam hashtags at you. Yes. Okay. Okay. I'm, uh, I'm gonna try to sell you cheap Reeboks. <laughs> oh. Please. Uh, introduce you to Nigerian princes. Nice. Can't wait to get my money on. All right. That, I guess it's goodbye for me then. Alrighty. Uh, take care, folks. See ya. All right then. Later. Please remember to visit www.newgamenetwork.com for the latest and greatest video game news and reviews.